Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Hi, I'm Odette Youssef in for Jen White, and this is Reset. Winter has finally arrived in our part of the world. Perfect weather to curl up with a good book. So on this final day of 2019, we brought in a panel of experts and took listener calls to help you fill out your book list with some of their favorites from the year. We kicked things off with Nina Barrett, owner of Bookends and Beginnings in Evanston and author of The Leopold and Loeb Files, an intimate look at one of America's most infamous crimes. Javier Ramirez has been in the book biz for over 25 years, and he's opening Madison Street Books in the West Loop in February. And Adam Morgan is founding editor of the Chicago Review of Books. Now, Javier was a judge for this year's National Book Awards, but since you can look up that list for yourself, he started off with a title he thought was great, but didn't make the list. Uh, The Need by Helen Phillips. It was a a book that took me by surprise. I've read Helen Phillips before, but it started out as a home invasion, and it turned into something unexpected about 10 pages in. It explores themes of uh, alternate realities, and in a really incredible way, The Hardship of Motherhood, which it took, that took me by surprise. It's a little tiny book, and um, it really does sort of raise the bar for speculative fiction, but really uh, just a very literary, nice piece of work. And I really, I thought that was one of my favorites of the year. Mm, okay. Nina, what was the best thing you've read in 2019? So I shy away from best because it makes me feel like I'm abandoning all my other darlings. <laughs> so when I, when I was thinking about the segment today, I was thinking about like what has stayed with me. And one of the books that really stayed with me that came out early in the year, I think in February or March, uh, was a book called Courting Mr. Lincoln by Lewis Baird. It is a historical novel about Abraham Lincoln um, set in Springfield in the 1840s. It is about Lincoln's courtship with Mary Todd, but it's also about, it's a bit of a triangle because it also, you know, we, I think people now have heard about Lincoln's sort of ambiguous friendship with Joshua Speed, uh, the man that he was living in a boarding house with at that same time and sharing a bed with. And there's been a lot of speculation about what was that relationship. And this book in a really, really, um, sensitive way, sort of explores the idea that maybe we know that Lincoln's courtship with uh, Mary broke off at a certain point, and that maybe this relationship that he was having with Joshua Speed, whatever the nature of it, had some kind of gravitational pull that was pulling him away from Mary. And it, it explores that in such a sensitive, you know, it is not explicit. You're, you're not really sure what the exact nature of that relationship is. But it's definitely about, you know, love between f- at least friends. And if it's an erotic love, it, it, it makes you think about, um, well, if you are this sort of bumpkin lawyer um, at that stage of Lincoln's life, and you're, but you're ambitious, and you're looking at a political career, and you know that marriage is going to be an important part of that, but you have these other feelings. What are you going to do at a time when those feelings are not acceptable and clearly going to threaten the rest of what you have in mind for yourself? All three characters are drawn really 
delicately and beautifully. Mary is not the shrew that she often comes off as. And it was a book that I, every evening I came home and I felt like I have to visit with these people that I care about and see what's going on with them. I love that feeling when you've got a book that you're reading and you just can't wait to get back to it. Adam, um, what has, I guess to use Nina's term, what stayed with you from what you've read this year? Which books stayed with you? Yeah, if I could only recommend one, it would be tough. But I think it would be uh, Eve Ewing's second poetry collection that came out this year, uh, 1919. Uh, If you don't already know who Eve Ewing is, you need to get your act together. But she's... um, (laughs) An assistant professor at the University of Chicago. She's a sociologist. She writes for Marvel Comics uh, and does a a ton of work. But this was her second book of poetry. It's about the uh, Chicago race riots of 1919. Uh, This was the the centennial anniversary of that. Uh, And riots is kind of a a misnomer there. It was really more organized violence uh, by white gangs that uh, terrorized Chicago's black neighborhoods, kind of similar to the the Tulsa riots uh, a couple years later. But um, her book is just, it's really powerful. It, it brings uh, the city and the people of 1919 to life. Um, so they aren't just, you know, statistics in a report, but living, breathing, you know, fathers and mothers and, and sons and daughters. Um, I just, I learned a lot about the city. And I think she writes an introduction. She learned a lot um, as well. It was kind of a, a blind spot uh, in her own and a lot of Chicagoans, you know, uh, mythology and uh, history of the city because we learn about um a lot of things, obviously, as Chicagoans growing up in school, but for some reason, this was kind of uh, not forgotten, but it wasn't uh, as prominent uh, in the history books as as it probably should have been. So she does a great job, kind of readdressing that and pushing it back into our minds in the in, in twenty nineteen. Uh, hi, Greta Johnson. <laughs> Greta just Hello. walked into the studio. Well, yeah, I was listening upstairs and I was like, they're talking about books and they didn't invite me. So I figured I would just bust in with my list. Hi, guys. Greta Hello. is host of the Nerdette <laughs> podcast and a voracious reader. Uh, Greta, you've read a lot in 2019. What was, if you had to choose a favorite, what would you say that yeah, is? Yeah, so I read 75 books this year. I wow. just finished the 75th this morning. Uh, my favorite was Such a Fun Age, which actually comes out today. So it's like just squeaking by in the 2019 lists. It's a debut novel by a woman named Kylie Reed. And it's about the first scene is this black nanny takes a white kid to a grocery store to hang out with her for a couple of hours. And it's just late enough at night that the security guard at the grocery store accuses this woman of kidnapping the child. And that's sort of like the the crux of the action. And then the momentum kind of goes from there. And it's one of the most incisive books I've ever read about race and class. And it's also funny, hmm. which I think is such an amazing mood to capture. And I was just like so delighted and impressed by this book. I want to get like a million copies and just hand them out to everyone I know. Oh, wow. That's a big endorsement. Yes. All right. Let's go to a caller, Darren from Ukrainian Village. What would you recommend or what was your favorite read of the year? Uh, my favorite read, uh, The Overstory by mm-hmm. Richard Powers, just knocked me out. I uh, recommended it to many people. I bought it for a few people. Uh, it did win the uh, Pulitzer Prize in Fiction. Uh, it was number one New York Times bestseller and uh, shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize. It just talks about activism. It dives deep into details about trees and the life of trees and the way trees communicate with each other. 
It's also just a beautifully written story. It's an adventure story. Uh, I, I just can't recommend it enough. Just just a lovely, lovely book. All right. The Over Story. Thanks, Darren. We've got another caller, Julie in South Shore. What's your recommendation? Uh, this year I read a two-volume set by an author named uh, Victor Klemperer. Uh, he was a German Jew who lived in Dresden, uh, and he uh, was married to a woman uh, who was Christian, and he was able, they were able to, uh, they made it through the war living in Dresden. And, um, and his act of protest throughout that time was to document the day-to-day life that was occurring all around him. And, and, and someone mentioned uh, in the, 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 the other book that was just brought up about the nanny and the little boy, that it, it's such a dark subject, but, it's, but there's, there were moments of, of humor in it. Well, I think that's what surprised me about Victor Klemper's two-volume set, I Will Bear Witness, because there are moments where you just can't help but laugh because he's, he's describing the day-to-day strange comings and goings of uh, your neighbors and uh, the irritations of life and, and, the, and the struggle of feeding your cat and, and all these other things while, while his life was basically falling apart. All right. Thanks, Julie. Can I share what my favorite book was? Oh, my gosh, please. Um, Because I I didn't read nearly as much as any of you. But um, for me, I finally read The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, wow. And then I was able to read The Testaments right after that. And I was just blown away by both of them. I absolutely loved them. That's awesome. That was that was my highlight of 2019. I just want to hear, uh, hear what one of our listeners recommended who called into our hotline. Hey, this is Ruben from Franklin Park. A uh, book that I recently picked up was Jose Saramago's Death with Interruptions. Uh, fantastic book. I would certainly recommend it to anybody that's looking for a personification of death. I think the story itself is really awesome. Uh, so what happens when a country no longer experiences the phenomena known as death? And it kind of sprawls out, and Jose Saramago talks about you know the different impacts that it has from like morticians and things like that. So again, death's personification is, is really elegant and beautiful. And I would definitely recommend this for your 2020 year list. Thank you. So the novel Death with Interruptions by Jose Saramago. Um, let's get a recommendation for folks who are looking for an escape um, in the sci-fi genre. Um, what were some standouts for you all in that category? Greta? Gosh, I'm trying to think if I, I don't think I read that much sci-fi this year. I have to say I'm really excited about uh, this coming year, this spring. N.K. Jemisin has a new, the first installment of a new series coming out that I'm very excited about because she is awesome. Um, I think the closest thing that I read to sci-fi that's on my top 10 list is a fantasy book called The Secret Commonwealth, which is part of the series by Philip Pullman that's sort of like a follow-up to the His Dark Materials series that starts with The Golden Compass. I always get a little nervous when somebody like picks up a story, you know, more than 20 years after they wrote the original, speaking of Handmaid's Tale and the Testaments. And I just thought Philip Pullman like did not disappoint even a little bit. It is so much fun to be back in that world. Mm-hmm. Adam, did you have any sci-fi recommendations? Yes, that's one of my favorite genres. Um, so my favorite probably this year was Dead Astronauts by Jeff Vandermeer. Uh, he's a writer in Tallahassee. Uh, his novel, Annihilation, was made into a movie with Natalie Portman last year, um, although, as usual, the book was better than the movie. <laughs> but um, this novel is set in the same universe uh, and in the same city as his last two books um, called Born 
and The Strange Bird. Uh, but each book kind of stands on its own uh, really well. Uh, this one's about three astronauts who may or may not be human, uh, who may or may not be salamanders uh, and sentient clumps of moth. Uh, they <laughs> basically have to save reality from the corrosive effects of like a, a monolithic biotech company. It's a really challenging book just because of the way Vandermeer structures the story in these like bits and pieces and circles. Um, but it's really rewarding uh, and fascinating. You kind of get it after a while, sort of how he's structuring yeah. it. Yeah, the second half of the book, uh, especially, um, it, it kind of flashes back to the past where a character receives a, a journal from one of the characters in the future. And through her like eyes, uh, things start to like make sense and you can piece them together. Let's talk about our younger readers. Um, what suggestions do you all have for the younger set of, of folks? Um, who who wants to chime in on this one? Well, I had a favorite picture book of the year, mm. which is called What's Cooking at 10 Garden Street, I think. Uh, I didn't prepare for this, so I'm, I'm not positive that's the title. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it is. And um, it's this beautiful, uh, we're going to go with my food thing now, but it's this beautifully <laughs> illustrated picture book. It all takes place inside a beautiful, I think, British London apartment building where you go inside each apartment in the building and someone of a different ethnicity is cooking a different dish. Oh. And, the you know, the illustrations are beautiful, but you know exactly what dish they're each cooking. So it might be enchiladas or it might be uh, stir-fried broccoli. They might be making pickles or whatever. And so each page is the inside of their apartment, the recipe that they're making, the family that is making the recipe. And then you get to the end of the book and now all the cooking is finished and you see them all coming down the stairs and going to this big table in the backyard where they're setting up this big potluck dinner. And they're bringing all of their... You know, it's like they're bringing all of their differences to the table and sharing a meal. And it's just so beautifully done. Uh, we should check on the title and make sure that I got that right because I just really sold that book. That's lovely. How funny is it that even as you were describing it, I was like, I don't know, this feels spoilery, Nina. <laughs> Javier, what about you? Any recommendations for younger readers? Uh, I did read a really good graphic novel. We made a pact. It's this really great uh, graphic novel about these young kids who – there's a celebration going on in their small town, and they're releasing these sort of uh, balloon, like balloons, like light fixtures into the water, and they they follow them through the river on bikes. And they're not supposed to go; they're only supposed to go to a certain point, and they decide to go further than anybody else has gone to find out where these go. And two of the kids end up in an alternate world. They encounter this six foot four talking bear with a huge pack on his back and he takes him <laughs> on this I'm, I don't want to spoil anything it's just a wonderful my thir, my 15 year old son Diego just uh, finished it over the break and he flipped through it in probably an hour and he was he was flabbergasted by the end and watched him read the last page and um, it was just as he look on his face so uh, that's one that I can I can recommend there's a really great uh, I'm a huge fan of A.S. King she writes great YA in the fall she wrote this really great uh, middle grade novel that I'm going to blank on the name, but I read it and loved it. She's one of my favorites. I'm glad she's branching down to the younger age because she's a really good voice for, for that age group. So just to circle back to Nina's book, it is What's Cooking at 10 Garden Street by Felicitas Sala. So, all right, let's go to a caller. Phyllis is calling from West Chesterfield. Phyllis, what's your recommendation? 
My recommendation is a book called Stamped from the Beginning. I think it's by an author named Kindy or something like that. But it was it's an amazing book. It was it's not new this year. But it's a history of racism. It has a great framework for kind of breaking it down and understanding it and and it explained actually some things I've observed because it was incredibly well documented. Yeah, author, you're right. You're, it was Ibram X. Kendi, the author of that book. You all nodded <laughs> when I, it sounds like this is widely read now at this point. Yeah, I, I was a, I was a, uh, I judged the Kirkus nonfiction in 2017. He was my one of my judge mates. Oh yeah, wow! Was, How interesting. Yeah, he was he was a fascinating guy. I talked to him for like an hour, but but uh, the book is amazing from what I understand. We sold a ton of it at the bookstore I worked at. So yeah. It won something this last year, didn't it? Or it was up for something? I don't know. I was going to say, didn't did he write another one this year about yeah. yes, did, how yeah. not how to be an anti racist? Is that what it's yeah. called? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got another caller, Alex in Avondale. Alex, what would you recommend? Movies and other things by Shay Serrano. It's a bit of a lighter read, um, but it's just really creative and kind of insightful. Basically, it looks at all these different movies that are cult, you know, cult classic favorites, um, and the way that Shay writes about the movies is just really creative. It's Basically, like, some chapters are creating his own, like, the perfect bank heist team. Other chapters are talking about what famous characters from other, uh, like, high school movies would be sitting at Regina George's table. So it's really good at just, like, reviewing all these movies that are loved and then basically just being able to find creative ways to write about them. Also, Shay is a really, really great person and is um, really committed to, you know, charity and just doing all these charitable causes and noble things. So I can't plug him enough. All right. Thanks for that recommendation. So, Javier, you wanted to make a comment about one of the books that Greta spoke about previously. Yeah, uh, Such a Fun Age, which I enjoyed. I thought it was such a – everything Greta, she was spot on with it. We're going to host uh, Kylie Reed for Such a Fun Age on uh, at Madison Street Books at 1127 West Madison Street um, on uh, February 5th at about 7 o'clock. And you can find us on social media. Um, we have a website going live in a couple of days, so – Come find us. Cool. It's gonna be, and she's going to be in conversation with uh, Claire Lombardo, who wrote one of my favorite books uh, last this last year, um, The Most Fun We Ever Had. And I don't know. Did you want to talk about that? Or? Yeah. I mean, we both can. Sure. That was one of my favorites as well. And what's cool about Claire and Kylie is that they actually went to Iowa Writers Workshop together. And I think they both live in Philly. Also, yeah. they're friends. Mm-hmm. And they both happened to write debut novels this year with the word fun in the title, which I think is just like lovely. Um, But yeah, the most fun we ever had is one of those books where like even in the first couple pages, it starts at this wedding and you meet like a pretty broad cast of characters right off the bat. It's about two parents and their four grown daughters who are all like messed up in their own special ways. And it kind of jumps timelines and it's a super ambitious debut, partly because of all these characters. It's also like more than 500 pages, but it's just great. I think it was, was it you, Adam, actually, who called it the Midwestern Big Little Lies? I did. It was me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a really fun that's way to describe good. it, too. It's not quite as murdery as Big Little Lies, <laughs> but it's just as delicious to spend time there. So delicious actually gets us into the next thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Nina, you came in with a stack of books um, that you could talk about. And at the bottom of the stack is this very large cookbook. Tell us about your favorite cookbook of of the year. So I think this is not just my favorite cookbook, but it's a cookbook event, Um, (laughs) which was uh, 
in mid-November, we saw the updated version of The Joy of Cooking, which I'm going to call The Joy of Cooking for the new decade that we're entering. I am one of those people who was given a Joy of Cooking by my mother for my first kitchen when I first went out on my own. And then I have a second updated edition that I bought later. They're both stained with, you know, turkey drippings (laughs) and salad dressing. And for me, it's the real Bible of the kitchen. When this new edition came out, my staff saw me get so excited about it that it's what they gave me for my my Christmas bonus. (laughs) Um, And I can't tell you how many times it was open on the counter over the holidays because I always forget how to roast a turkey and how to roast a roast beef and, you know, how how to boil an egg. So this is the book you turn to for all of those things. Um, You know, I've watched it evolve from the book that, you know, had all the casseroles that, you know, in in my generation, your mom made to this new edition, which is really more about the way we eat now. So it's a much more international book now. It um, is a book that not only acknowledges that vegetarians and vegans exist, but, you know, has a a whole section that talks about, you know, the consequences of your diet for the planet. Yet, if you need to skin a rabbit or you need to know how to cook yak, it is all there. It's all there. So um, I really think that everybody moving into their first apartment should still be getting this book. And I also think those of us who have a stack of of stained editions (laughs) should rejoice in getting this nice new clean start with, with the joy. I love that because that's exactly my story for getting the joy of cooking, too, is my mom gifted it to me when I went off on my own. Let's take a caller. Elizabeth is on the line from Oak Park. Elizabeth, what book got you really excited in 2019? Hi. The book I wanted to recommend is called There, There by Tommy Orange. He's a young Native American writer, and the book tells the story of Native Americans living in an urban setting, and I just thought it was a very, very well-written book. and a great voice that I haven't heard a lot from. Excellent. That's Elizabeth. And now we've got another caller, George from Edgewater. George, what's your recommendation? Well, I have three recommendations. The first one and the primary one I would say is Paul Tough, P-O-U-G-H book, The Years That Matter Most, How College Makes or Breaks Us, which I think is an incredible book. And I just want to say all three of these books are very heavily researched books but they're all incredibly easy to read by any reader. The second book is Arlie Russell Hochschild's book. It's about the American right wing. I've, I've, I'm, I'm losing the, the exact title. Oh, I'm sorry. Here it is. Anger and Mourning on the American Right. Mm-hmm. The professor at University of California, Berkeley. And the third book is People, Power, and Profit by Joseph Stiglitz, who's the Nobel laureate in economics and was in the, I believe, in President Clinton's administration. And all three of these books focus on issues that are relevant today, on racism, classism, in some cases, sexism. And I think that they're all incredibly insightful, caring, brilliant books. Thanks for your recommendations, George. Um, I want to ask you all about audiobooks as well. Do we have any audiobook listeners in this crew? Yes, very much. Yeah. Adam, were there any standout audiobooks that you'd recommend? 
yeah, that's kind of one of the only ways I, I can read now. Uh, I moved away from Chicago, so I used to do all my reading on the train, and now I have to do that commute in the car. Um, so <laughs> listening uh, is one of the main ways I I read nowadays. Uh, I really enjoyed the audio book of um, a book called Foundry Side by Robert Jackson Bennett. Um, he's a science fiction and fantasy writer, uh, and this one, I cannot remember the name of the narrator. Sorry, I wasn't uh, prepped for that question. But um, it's the first part of a trilogy. Uh, it's sort of set in a alternate world that's very similar to Italy uh, during the Renaissance, so like um, the city-state of Florence in sort of the warring uh, families and factions. Uh, it's very similar to, but yeah, that, that one was fantastic. All right. Greta, you're a huge audiobook listener. What impressed you? I am. One of my favorites this year is called She Said, and this is the story written by uh, Megan Tui and Jody Cantor, who are the two New York Times Pulitzer Prize winning journalists who uh, uncovered the Harvey Weinstein story. Uh, it's narrated by Rebecca Lohman, interestingly, who I knew from she narrated all the Rainbow Rowell books, which are like these lovely, intense, like YA rom-coms. So partly it was really interesting just having this woman whose voice I already like who already tore at my heartstrings <laughs> reading this book. Um, but I think the other thing that really surprised me about she said is that I kind of braced myself for it to be, you know, a really intense, difficult read. Right. It's all about allegations of sexual assault by this very powerful, powerful man who got away with it for a very long time. Um, but it turned out to be more of like I like to call it like a feminist, all the president's men. Right. Like it's a it's a journalistic hero story. It's about cultivating sources. It's about seeing who they can convince to go on the record about all these stories. It's about tracking down contracts and settlements. And it was just really, really, really good. What makes a good audiobook, Greta? I like a good plot in an audiobook, right? Like it's got to be something that I can follow along easily. If there's too much like jumping from one time period for, to another or like different points of view without clear different narrators, often sci-fi is really difficult for me as an audiobook too because like unless you already know the world, there's just so much to figure out in those beginning pages that like you can just get lost super easily. So I tend to like super plotty stuff mysteries I think make great audiobooks stuff stuff that you can just sort of like dive into and that are just like ju that just unfold in front of you what about rereads any of you reread anything in 2019 that you just love I have a regular relationship with the tree grows in Brooklyn mm. you know something that I originally read at the age where I think you're supposed to read it which is about 12 <laughs> 11 or 12 you know it's a coming of age story that's set in Brooklyn in I believe the 19 teens around World War One, and that's a book that has stayed with me my whole life but you know there are those books that you read at that formative time in your childhood and then you read them again later and you're you're not quite sure why it was so compelling and this is one of those books that is written with such subtlety about the adult characters that when you go back and read it again as an adult you get a whole piece of this book that kind of goes over your head when you're you know the young teenager who's the age of the main character so i read that again and i have to say i you know not only still loved it but i think i loved it in a really different way it just continues to have so much to say about families and how hard they are and you know what it's like to be imagining a future for yourself outside the boundaries of what your family is mm. javier I reread my favorite book of 2019, 
twice. Is that yeah? That, that counts. <laughs> what was that? Uh, well, uh, my one of my favorite uh, short story writers, uh, Maurice Meyer. She her rag was her um, her da- her collection this uh, in 2019. Uh, she wrote one a couple years ago called Heartbreaker. It's a stunning collection of short stories. They deal with desire, loss, and the need for connection of any kind. And the reason I love Maurice. Her, her short fiction so much is that she takes me to the edge uh, and has no qualms of lovingly pushing me over the edge and just and 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 I feel good about it when I hit the ground um, <laughs> I, I believe I, I think she's she is one of the most fearless writers and every year I make this every beginning of the year I, I'm a huge fan of short stories and I think I could I speak for a lot of a lot of people out there mostly booksellers it's a hard sell for us um, short stories and I, I if there's one sports, spokesperson for the short story that I can stand behind, it's Maurice. And, uh, and if you get a chance to read anything by her, she's, she's kind of incredible. So, Adam, did you have any rereads this year that you'd recommend? I did, yeah. So I, every March, uh, to help me cope with uh, the long Chicago winters, I read um, a book called The Beginning of Spring by Penelope Fitzgerald. It's magical, honestly. It's uh, a really short novel written in, in fairly uh, simple prose. But it's about these um, printers in Moscow. They're English, but they they live in Moscow, uh, right on sort of the eve of the Russian Revolution in the 19-teens. Um, and it's just kind of a family drama, almost a comedy of, of manners. But just the way uh, Fitzgerald kind of describes winter sort of giving way and surrendering to spring and, and the meltwater and, and everything like that is just really magical and uh, heartbreaking as well. Uh, and then I reread another book just in, in an attempt to understand it uh, twice this year, which was uh, Javier's familiar with uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf uh, by Marlon James. I read that uh, a few times. Yeah. <laughs> also for understanding or? For the National Book Award. It was, we uh, read a lot of things two to three times. So, wow. Yeah. Okay. It was sort of marketed as an African Game of Thrones. Uh, it's the first book in a, in a trilogy that uh, he's a Jamaican writer who won the Man Booker a few years ago, and he was a finalist uh, this year for the National Book Award. It's it's about a fellowship of people searching like a fantastical version of Africa for a missing child, but it's also about 500 other things. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just a very slippery book that's kind of hard to hold in your mind. So you even while you're reading it, you just kind of have to let it happen to you uh, and process it later. I will probably wind up reading it a third time before I read the next. <laughs> so, yeah, did the second reading help at least? <laughs> I think so. It I, helped yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you mentioned Jeff Vandermeer earlier. He was one of my uh, judge mates on the panel. And he had this – we were had read it once. We were sort of on the fence about it early on. And he encouraged a second reading. And when you read it the second time, that first third of the book just hits you like a brick. All right. Let's go to some more callers. We've got Mike calling from Roseland. Mike, what do you recommend? Wizard's First Rule by Terry Goodkind. Uh, I would compare this to uh, Lord of the Rings. It is much better than Lord of the Rings. Hmm. It will grab you and take you down a rabbit hole, and you're just amazed by it. It uh, paints a world that you didn't realize could be real, but even though it's a fantasy book, it has lessons that you can learn and apply to your own life. And it's not just a book of fantasy. It's a uh, it's adults in a world of fantasy behaving like adults, with all the backstabbing, all the uh, wonder, and way more. It'll hit every emotion you have and take it to the limit. All right, thanks, Mike. Let's also hear from Laura calling from Hyde Park. Laura, what do you recommend? Uh, I just reread Ghost Riders by Sharon McCrum. 
and it's set in Appalachia, and it's it goes from the mid-1800s on up to current times, the effect the Civil War has had over the years. Thanks, Laura. Um, I want to hear from each of you about what is next on your reading list. We can start maybe with Adam. It's The Starless Sea. Uh, I'm by- reading that right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> no spoilers, please. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, I loved her last book, uh, The Night Circus, so I'm really excited to, to dive into this one. By Erin Morgenstern. Greta, what's next on your reading list? Well, this morning I just started Little Women, actually, which I have never read before, and I saw Greta Gerwig's adaptation, the other Greta, as I like to call her over the weekend, <laughs> and just, like, sobbed my eyes out. And I think she calls so, herself the other Greta. <laughs> Thank you, Odette. I appreciate you saying that. So yeah, I thought that would be kind of a fun like palate cleanser for you know finishing out this year and going into 2020. Javier, what are you reading next? There's a book that's coming out, and I've already I'm halfway through it. Uh, it comes out in the summer of 2020. Called it's Bubblegum by Adam Levin. Adam's a former Chicagoan who has moved um, to Gainesville. If you haven't read Adam before, he, Instructions is probably a thousand pages long, and Bubblegum comes in, I think, at a cool seven hundred plus. Uh, <laughs> but it's a wonderful book, and it's just Adam's a great writer. He takes you places you just never thought you could go. It's a book that takes place in Chicago. It's an altered Chicago where there's no internet; it doesn't exist, never will exist. But there's another sort of technology that's taken over. And there are these sort of little things that kids took care of like kamahachis the in the in the like gigapets gigapets yes uh <laughs> and so they're they're sort of that but they're um they're actual they're sort of living beings and uh and so it's he it basically the belt magnet is the he's the main character and he's sort of writing this biography about himself he's wonderful and like i said he takes you places that you never thought you would go and i can't talk about it enough it's a weird book but it's a weird and wonderful book mm-hmm. <laughs> nina what's next on your reading list well, I'm going to go to the last one I finished, which is actually not out yet, but is coming out in January, the one that I just have not been able to stop thinking about, um, which is American Dirt by Janine Cummins. It's it's getting a huge amount of hype, and sometimes that makes me – that, like, puts me off a book. And, you know, Javier was speaking earlier about blurbs. So there's a Stephen King blurb on this book that says, I challenge anybody to – read the first seven pages of this book and stop reading it. And I thought, I can read seven like, pages. Challenge accepted, Stephen <laughs> right, King. exactly. I can read seven pages of anything, right? And I started it, and he's absolutely right. It's like, it's this book that is both like everything that is great about thrillers. It really, it picks you up and grabs you and does not let go of you until the last page. It's essentially this story of, Uh, uh, The main character is a a Mexican woman who happens to be a a bookstore owner, but she's on the run with her son from a violent drug cartel. And it's so much about like the whole refugee journey through Mexico just to get to the United States. And so it's both a thriller, but also like a real eye opener about what that journey is like and who are so many of the people who are ending up on the border desperate to get into our country. Um, it's really kind of, it, it's gripping and unforgettable and it's not just you know live it's not just that it lives up to its hype I think it's like transcends hype <laughs> yeah that wow. the first the first sentence in that in that novel is well if it doesn't grip you then 
put it down because it's not for you. Oh, now I feel like I need to get a copy. I know. I have a copy at home. I I get to go read it. Physically, (laughs) like I was physically feeling this book the whole way through. Oh, wow. We're going to host Janine in March as well at, at Madison, Madison Street, Street Books. Books yes. Okay. Um, we have literally a minute left, so I'm just going to throw out the question to whichever of you jumps on it first. The book that you just need to talk about that we haven't gotten to. Things We Didn't Talk About <laughs> When I Was a Girl by Jeannie Vanasco from Tin House. It's an important book about uh, her confronting her rapist when she was a, a young girl and um, how it affects her life and her this person that um, she doesn't name throughout the book, but it's a it's a it's necessary. I can't say enough about it. Get out, go out and read it. It came out in the fall. That was Javier Ramirez of the soon-to-be-open Madison Street Books. Also joining us, Nina Barrett, owner of Bookends and Beginnings in Evanston, Adam Morgan, the founding editor of the Chicago Review of Books, and WBEZ's own Greta Johnson, the host of the Nerdette podcast. And that's today's Reset. I'd be willing to bet there's at least one book in that conversation that's calling your name. Speaking of names, I'm Odette Youssef. Thanks for letting me sit in for Jen, and thanks for listening. Jen will be back on Thursday. Have a happy and safe New Year. This is Reset from WBEZ Chicago. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.